this thought of working on the most important problems and really getting this prioritization right, that we have the right sequencing and are working on the right problem and try to be like doing the right thing, like being effective rather than just being efficient, if you know, like that kind of distinction where you are doing things the right way, basically. So I, I think that really works there, that the team is motivated if you give them big problems to solve. And I think through the process of coming up with the big problems and aligning on the big problems, that's actually the way I think that's uh, where the motivation is more easier to arrive, I would say. Welcome to Retention Talk. I'm Neil Desai, and we're talking to the best minds in the world of product and customer success to bring you actionable strategies on reducing churn and boosting retention. This week, we're talking to Kevin, the head of product at Meister. In this episode, we break down moving away from a solution-first mindset, how activation really is the first step in driving retention, and ultimately, pay careful attention to what Kevin says about teamwork. All right. So Kevin, thank you so much for being here with us today at Retention Talk. I'm super pumped to learn a little bit more about, you know, what you guys are up to and particularly, you know, how the product team thinks about retention over at Meister Labs. So real quick, just to kick us off, Kevin, tell us a little bit more about who you are, how'd you end up there and, you know, what you're working on these days. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm Kevin. I'm the head of product for Meister. I've been with the company for, yeah, pretty much two years now, but the company itself has already been around for 15 years. So it's actually, yeah, been around the block for a bit already. Onwards to the more interesting stuff, a little bit about Meister. Um, we have three products and they are basically all about uh, helping teams to enhance their creative and collaborative processes. So basically from having an idea to executing on it, all the way up to documenting, basically. And for the ideation stage, we have MindMeister, which was also like the first tool we launched. It's a collaborative mind mapping uh, tool for teams. And then when it comes to like executing on the ideas, we have Meister Task, which like the name kind of suggests already is about like a task management, a project management tool. And then like pretty recently, we are having like Meister Note now, which is in like a the collaborative documentation space, basically. They're all uh, yeah, SaaS products and basically aimed at B2B customers. That's the basic overview of what we are, what we are up to. Awesome. No, that's, uh, that's super helpful. And, and it's interesting. I remember uh, I actually stumbled upon your product years ago. And, and I think one of the coolest pieces is sort of like people love to share, right, what they sort of uh, put together in your product. And so that's sort of like, I'm sure it drives a lot of virality or, or, or even acquisition. So, you know, obviously, we're, we're here to think, talk a little bit about retention. Tell me more about how, you know, you, especially as a head of product now, think about customer and or revenue retention, right? Um, when it comes to clearly, you guys are, are really, really good at acquiring customers how have you aligned the team and you know who owns it who tracks it tell me a little bit more about how you guys think about retention there's actually a bit of a backstory there. i don't know how much in detail i should go but to be to be honest like this this whole like topic of retention it's not a straightforward question to answer it's also changed so much over time i mean i, I would maybe say maybe this is like a, a controversial view here even that retention for us it like i don't think it gets a special seat at the table we really try to build it within our processes in a way that kind of retention as a way to to kind of come up naturally if it is like Kind of the biggest problem we should be focusing on and it it often comes up as that but it's not like that we have like a, a special relationship to retention or something so it's, it's also not always been that case but i i can yeah i'm happy to to go a bit into more detail about that if you're, if you're interested yeah i mean i i don't think i've had anyone say that retention is a specialty at the table so like tell me give, give me the give me the backdrop like you know real quick on uh yeah how that came to be i think like i said it evolved a bit over time and 
I think there was a time when, especially we as a product team, we were more focused on like really solution oriented, like work based on like customer requests. And we weren't maybe not focusing enough on what the actual underlying problem is that we like were trying to solve or what the, what if it was actually a good problem for like the whole target audience. And as I'm sure you can imagine, this yeah can work in the short run, but in the long run, if you just like work on like this solution oriented work and kind of launch feature after feature and you kind of move on to the next one, mostly based on customer requests it can work but it kind of also can lead to more dependencies in the product it can lead to technical depth and overall to a more complex tool which we which we really don't want to because at Meister we actually think we want to like position or we actually are or like our customers perceive us on the opposite of the scale so they value us for ease of use and simplicity and this is actually one of the core differentiators for us so we so we kind of noticed this as a as a problem and we wanted to kind of move away from this solution first mindset and kind of like stop building uh, you could say like stop building just the faster horses and spend a bit more time on trying to think how it can evolve into cars if you say it like that basically and uh, you could say we were trying to move into more of a problem first mindset if that makes sense and this is then also when soon retention enters the picture. So sorry for, for taking a little bit of a detour here. But uh, as part of this problem first mindset, we really tried to make space uh, to have this explicit phase of collecting insights and gathering data around like the core problems we have. And you can almost imagine this as a like kind of sort of list of problems we have that we want to solve. And we add to that throughout the quarter. And there's basically stuff we learn directly from customers, which is like, was like a main driving factor in the past and obviously it's still important. So it's like based on the ton of feature requests we get from them, based on user testing we do and just generally talking to customers. But then there's also like the data insights that we really pay a lot of attention to. So we look at all of the activation metrics, which are important. And obviously also then retention in that case, this is where, where this comes up a lot. And as a third part, there's like kind of this strategic uh, insights that always uh, should also kind of like deserve a, a seat at the table, which is basically like problems around where we want to go as a company and uh, kind of making space for them as well. And I think that the core part of this is, uh, I hope this makes sense, is that we kind of as a product team, we own this process of collecting all of these process of curating the list of problems, but we really try to make it a really kind of inclusive process around the company and really try to engage with the stakeholders a lot. And I think, like you said, you also have a lot of listeners from the customer success space, from the sales space. And I think they really have their ear to the ground in a different area than we do oftentimes. And we kind of try to build it in sort of like this collaborative process and end up with this kind of comprehensive list of problems we want to tackle, we want to work on. And again, sorry for this long-winded answer, but basically this is our way to to force us to fall in love with the problem, not the solution. And this, this kind of makes it possible to figure out the most important problems. And this is then also where our relationship or our closer relationship with attention started. And this is the way it gets a seat at our table, basically by being the most, by being one of the most important problems that we can work on. And we want to give it like through that the attention it deserves, but are always aware of what else is out there because we are not that big of a team. So no, I love that perspective, right? Because I think to your point, at the end of the day, retention is all about delivering value every single month, right? And you can't do that if you're not solving the customer's problem. And so I think having the product team laser focused on making sure you solve their problem, right, is um, the core of, of making sure you're able to deliver value consistently. I guess the the other end of that spectrum, though, is like when you fail to deliver value, right? When a customer might cancel and, and sort of churn, like, 
what is that what does that process look like then you know if uh if your product isn't able to solve your customer's problem like what happens right walk me through like you know that that experience it's a good point i mean I think, like I said, retention really like came up as sort of like a big problem, and I think there's 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 definitely more perspectives to look at it. And this was also like our like when we first like started really to dig deep into retention, we also kind of really figured we have to make this more tangible. We have to break this big topic of retention down a bit. And I think you already mentioned like this this churn part, which is definitely like also a, a part for us that we we see as part of retention. So basically like this resurrecting the users that were previously active and bringing them back to active state. So that's definitely definitely also a big part. But actually like we we found for retention for us, actually if we if we break it down a bit more that we we had actually the, the biggest level mostly in the activation phase for the product. So really like getting people to know how they can derive value from the product. So it's not, it's like you said, it's really about getting the user to experience the value. But yeah, this, this activation phase really was, was one of the biggest for us, if that makes sense. Sure. To what extent do you guys think about, so something that I'm, I'm always curious about is like some of these learning from customers at different points of the user lifecycle, right? So whether it's mm-hmm. new customers, customers that are upgrading or downgrading and then ultimately churning, like is there a process for understanding why customers cancel? Yes, there's a process. I mean, we do much of the standard things, I would say. Oh, I mean, I, I think these are the standard things in the sense of, okay, once a customer is really actually churning, we kind of ask them why they're churning. And we also put them into kind of cohorts to make it like easy to follow up with them. So I would say there's there's definitely this kind of process. And it's also a lot of, of it is handled on the on the customer success side. So they are they're really working hard on it on, on making that possible, I would say. And it's really really a cooperation with, with us and them there, I would say. Got it. What what is a what's something that, you know, you guys may have struggled with before that, you know, you guys may have really cracked or or it could be a campaign or a growth loop or something in the product that, that has particularly worked well over the last, I don't know, six to twelve months. I mean that would really actually come back to this activation thing I talked about. So like really looking at how the customer gets into the get it to the product product and understand the value of the product and it's, it's really like a like an area that's like a lot of leverage since all of the users actually have to go through this activation phase like this like first part of retention if you look at it like that and for us we, we kind of like figured it out for looking at data and stuff like that but i think like what you mentioned before like customer inside process like talking to the customer was also like one of the important like the most important parts there i would say so in the sense of yeah actually just getting the list of customers that didn't act Activate and writing them an email, getting in touch with them and asking them, hey, what happened? Why didn't you continue after you signed up? Yeah, what happened? Why didn't you like the product? That was actually like a, a really like big learning phase for us since most of the customers didn't actually say that they disliked the product. They were more like, I'll check it out later. And obviously, as you know, with such an abundance of tools out there, this later like actually never comes around. And for us, like this was a good starting point to to figure out we need really need to uh, invest more time in like the really the first minutes the, the user even spends in the product to get them through that activation to make them understand the product and, and really yeah have them see less empty screens know what the product is about provide them with templates and stuff like that and this really gives us the starting place basically to start 
A-B testing and get something out that we can measure and then build momentum around that. And yeah, but obviously there's still much more to improve for that and for retention overall. Got it. No, that's uh, that, that, that makes sense. I, f- I feel like people don't value activation enough in the context of retention, right? And so I, I, I love I love the emphasis there. And, and, and I'm sure that's like, it's hard to see that. I'm sure it's hard to see the impact of that immediately. But it's one of those things where like in the long run, I'm sure it has a, a, an exponential impact in, in, in sort of keeping customers around. I mean, that's really what we learned. Yeah. To start from that process, like really at the at the very beginning or like at the at the early stages of this, like if you read it as a funnel, as of the funnel basically and optimize there and then ultimately get more or people towards towards sure. the, the latter stages as well. Like really, really start there and then then focus on the engagement part and then in the end on the on the resurrection part. But yeah, that's that's how we view it basically. Got it. No, that makes sense. How do you measure mm. success? Like tell me, like you know, clearly you guys you guys care a lot about obviously activation, but it but even retention, right? In in the context of keeping customers around, like how do you know if you're doing well and and who owns that? I think we care a lot about. We really try to be outcome oriented. So not just like what I mentioned in the beginning when we were more solution oriented I think that was more focused on output so launching feature launching another feature launching another feature and like I said before we really had like the learning that's that's not the way to go and we tried to to shift it more towards being being more effective so meaning that we really want to work on the right things and uh, like you said okay how do we measure success I I think measure is a good word here so we really care a lot about the data insights like I said before like for, for all of the problems like for the top problems we try to work on we as much as possible try to to launch it as some sort of a b testing and to really figure out what the actual outcome of a change is like can we shift it in the right direction can we shift it towards the the metrics that we've defined before that we actually want to influence if that makes sense got it no that totally does and and uh like has that has that worked like how have you found the broader team yeah how have you aligned like the broader team to to really rally around that i think like how we rally the team around it is through the process i'm really sorry i feel like i'm repeating myself but i think like the thought of working on the most important problems and really getting this prioritization right that we have the right sequencing and are working on the right problem and try to be like doing the right thing like being effective rather than just being efficient if you know like that kind of distinction where you are yeah doing things the right way basically so i, I think that really works there that the team is motivated if you give them big problems to solve and i think through the process of coming up with the big problems and aligning on the big problems that's actually the way I think that's uh, where the motivation is more easier derived, I would say. And then obviously, like the output part, like the outcome part, we just we just talked about, obviously as well. But I think the first part is really important for us, the, the problem part, uh, working on the right problem. Got it, got it. That makes sense. Cool. Awesome, man. And and then la- last thing, as I, as I know we're sort of rounding up on time here that I'd love to ask is... Uh, what are what are you proud of, right? What are you proud of having built as you think back on on you know your time here and, and, and the team? I think there's a couple of things that come to mind, but I think one thing like especially now is with the with the change head of product. So it's not I would say it's not like specific like in a specific product that's something I would mention, but now it's also like a lot of like relationships and the goals you set and how you, you work towards the goals as a team. So I think I 
one thing I would like to highlight is I, I think the relationship we, we, we built over time with, with sales and also customer success, because I mean, I, I think this is really true for, for many B2B focused SaaS companies that there's like this, this natural tension oftentimes between product because they are like, like trying to be like the product led uh, kind of company and wanting to optimize for the self-service business and then sales and success. They're kind of on the other side and want to push more towards direct sales and they want to have like the, the bigger customers. And, and this is kind of also reflected in terms of features, obviously. So we want to like we if I say we it's like the, the product department, we want to like optimize for like the self-service. And then the other side is more for the for the bigger clients, what are like enterprise features we can do. And I think like the learning we had there or like the, the cool thing is that by talking and by actually aligning and, and learning about the other more, you can you can actually like or you realize you just realize that in order to be successful, you just have to make it a corporation and it's not product versus sales. It has to be like product and sales and success kind of. And yeah, so I think that's really like something to be proud of, like just to, to have that relationship and to work on that relationship. And it kind of ends up that we we all recognize the importance of, of also the small teams that come through self-service. And we know that we can help them get onboarded and kind of like activated, like we said before, through that. Uh, yeah, through the, like this in this bottom-up SaaS fashion and get to know the product and then help them level up over time. And then basically let sales and success know once they're, they are ready to, to scale up and have like this, this kind of like this product qualified leads concept where you can say, okay, hey, maybe this is like a customer you should talk to in the sales team or in the success team and really help them scale up and then, then move from there. And this is really like a, a really cool synergy if you build it like that. So the product brings in the customers, turns them into the qualified leads and basically sales can help them scale and grow over time. And this way, actually, you create more value for the customer and you can also capture like the, an appropriate share of it, basically. And it's it's cool to do it together. And I think that's that's one of the things I would mention there. <laughs> Love it. I mean, that's that's uh, to get product and sales on the same page, I think is a whole, we could do an entire episode on just just that topic alone. So that's uh, that's awesome, man. Well, awesome, Kevin. Well, thank, thanks uh, for all your insight here. How can people find you and, and Maestro uh, if they want to learn more? So the best thing to, to find more about Maestro is, is our like the main website is just Maestro.co. And this is like the hub for all the three products. So it's M-A-I-S-T-E-R.com. And yeah, basically from there, you can find uh, MindMaster, MasterTask and MasterNode and also learn about uh, the jobs we're probably, uh, we're just like having put out. There's like quite a few roles available if you're interested. Also looking at also hiring for some new product managers, if that's something for you. So there's that. And yeah, for me, I mean, you can probably just look me up on LinkedIn, Kevin Kuhn. And that's, if you look for that with my stuff, you should probably, should probably come up, but I don't. Perfect. Thanks again, Kevin. Really appreciate the time. And uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for being here. A huge thank you to Kevin for lending their time to the podcast. This was really helpful for me in just furthering my perspective on how companies are really focusing on retention these days. To recap, we talked about moving away from a solution-first mindset. As Kevin puts it, they try not to just keep fixing every single problem that a customer comes to them with. Instead, they gather data around the underlying problem, chase the implication, and use that to improve their product. Instead of making faster horses, Meister is trying to evolve into cars. Second, activation is really the first step in making sure a customer sticks around. If folks sign up but don't activate, writing an email to ask what happened can actually illuminate problems in your onboarding process. A customer who doesn't understand the product in the first place is unlikely to stick around and boost LTV. And lastly, build a strong relationship across teams. 
Sometimes there can be natural tension between product and other teams like sales and customer success. Kevin says the solution is to work together with CS and sales because all teams have contact with the user. The solution is to work together with customer success and sales because all of these teams ultimately have relationships with the user. Additionally, people who might come through your self-service funnel are just as important as customers who sign up through the sales team. And oftentimes, these are people who are educated about your product and interested to move forward with what they already know. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Retention Talk. Don't forget to subscribe at retentiontalk.com. And if you want to help spread the word, tag me on Twitter at neildesai 23 and let's dish on today's episode. Please give us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice and let your friends know as well. And if you know a great guest, send me a message at neilatprofitworld.com. This has been a Profitworld Recur production, the largest, fastest-growing media network dedicated to the world of subscriptions. 